This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, hello and welcome to lesson two of 21 for 21, lessons about sport and media in the 21st century. Now, there's a sort of a double-headed topic today. We're talking about women's football and how that continues to grow across broadcasting network, but also how one of those broadcasters is a, a new media, TikTok. We'll be giving you all, all the latest news on TikTok and how that is becoming integral to a lot of people's consumption of sport. So, Jamie, how's uh, how's the week been for you since we since we launched last week? Anything anything major happening with you? No, not really. <laughs> yeah, um back for lesson 2. Um no, not really. We've been making the most of the international break. Mm-hmm. Um sort of ramping up ready for for the return of domestic competition in football again. And uh yeah, taking taking a bit of advantage of that time to to spend with the family, so uh, sounds great. Yeah. Sounds nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was at here, here in Dusseldorf at uh, Spobiz 2021, which was a big sort of German net- networking event within within the sports industry. Uh, so one of the things I went to yesterday, it was the live recording of Kicker Meets Dazone, which is one of the main football podcasts in Germany. They interviewed the Geschäftsführer, so the managing director of Grishy Dortmund. So you never know, maybe by the time next year we're on to lesson 52 of 21 or whatever, we'll be there on recording. So you never know. We've got something to dream of. Well, we're going to talk about the zone in a short while. Uh, that That's going to come up a bit later in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned new media and TikTok. Uh, so we're going to talk about some pretty big news with them. Obviously, I'm going to jump straight in because yeah, go, TikTok, go, go. TikTok, they... Well, they had a big summer, really, in terms of football and sports. Um, they were title sponsors or one of the title sponsors of Euro 2020, which is obviously delayed a year and took, took place in, in 2021. Yeah, and so what was, yeah, sorry, pretty interesting about that. You mentioned the delay is their sponsorship deal was signed in February 2021. So they weren't actually a original sponsor of the Euros. Um, so again, I, I'm not sure exactly whether other sponsors dropped out in, in the year or whether there was just a few more. UEFA had a bit of a shortfall, so they needed to bring bring a few more on. 
but TikTok, they signed a sponsorship deal earlier this year. Uh, and what they also signed as well as just being purely a sponsor, they got broadcast some of the broadcast rights to the Euros as well, meaning that on the on the platform, you can actually use goals and footage from the Euros in, in creation. So have you, um, I guess you, for TikTok, for those, for those perhaps who don't know, it encourages collaboration. It can, encourages users to rip or, or, or take existing footage on there and, and create their own stuff. Yeah, so that's, that's quite cool for in terms of the Euros. Um, and I know that's having worked in, in football clubs, one of the big problems is the footage. Well, I work in football clubs and, and in, in social media is having the rights to use certain footage. Obviously, the goals are the big ones. Um, fouls probably come second to goals, maybe, or, or just miss goals. Uh, but but it's it's a big issue because it really limits like what footage you have to use to make videos. And obviously, TikTok is a big video platform. Uh, so the fact that they made available some of the big moments of, of the Euro 2020 competition, uh, that was really important for the teams, but also for the users of the platform. And like you say, it's that that opportunity for users to, to like create their own fan content. Uh, that's really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, so it's not just the goals almost. So it might be something like uh, reaction videos that they're, they're often pretty, pretty common across all, all social platforms. But if you you're watching, yeah, let's think of um, a, a moment from 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 the Euros, but the first two that came to my head, I'm not going to mention because I don't think <laughs> they were. Um, let's go for yeah, Patrick Schick's goal against Scotland, okay. the Czech Republic, for example. So it was okay. um, perhaps one of the the goals of the tournament. It was such a, a long range effort. So so maybe you could create a reaction video. You could show the goal. You could on your own TikTok account. You could put it at a different angle. You could put music to the background. You could record, um, make it into a meme. Like you could say. I don't know, Patrick Schick's shot be like and then click show to go go to footage for something else TikTok has has the rights to. So yeah, but what what's really made it really interesting really quickly is they were not they were not just TikTok adverts going around the perimeter of the of the stadium. Uh they had they had those rights so that they could encourage the the key user base uh to to have a play around with with, with the footage. So yeah, I think we've got some pretty impressive stats. So from mm-hmm. the, the Euros specifically, um UF Euro account on TikTok got way way more followers than Twitter, for example, for for UEFA. Sure, yeah, I, I was going to say you, you can tell that that you're the kind of the marketing numbers guy, and then like I'm the, I'm a content guy because I wanted to talk about these these cool videos and and these these opportunities that people are making, you know, cool stuff. And I'm a big I'm a big fan of that fan community and that kind of like consumers almost becoming prosumers in that sense and being able to create their own content. And, you know, I think that's a, a pretty cool thing that people are able to do now. And it's something that in some of the other the companies I've worked in, making that content available to users is, is something that, that they do ask for. That's something that fans do ask for. You know, we put a video on the YouTube channel or on Instagram and fans are like, oh, I'd love to be able to use a shot of this. And actually what normally happens is they, they can rip it. Obviously, they can, you know, there are ways of taking footage from YouTube or whatever. And what happens is that they get hit with a, a rights claim and their video oh, yeah, is taken so down. And, and, you know, the La Liga, for example, um, are ahead of the curve in terms of their artificial intelligence uh, rights 
claims. Uh, oh, they're, 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 they're police. They're, they're, they're policing of it. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a good, yeah, that's a good expression to, to explain that, the policing of it. And as a result, the you know, users don't have anything that they can use, really, and, and neither do the clubs or the teams. And it's it's one of these points of contention with La, with La Liga is that they hold on so tightly to the rights and to the, the, the content. So I mean, as you as you're saying, yeah, La Liga, they they're having to set up this AI for policing. But as as TikTok have sort of shown with with UEFA, rather than clamping down on this, it's something people are doing anyway. It's best to work with them and create it, something something new. Absolutely, and you get those two two sides of the of the coin, as it were. You know, one side is holding on to the rights and charging people to use them and to to be able to see them, whether it's through uh, I don't know La Liga TV platform, for example. Or um, I don't know. Try to think of another example, but yeah. Um, or yeah, they make it completely the opposite end and go completely public with it. And maybe they win with their marketing or the sponsorship, or you know, I mean, find it, another way of, of recuperating that that income, if you like. Yeah, I mean, making it completely public. I mean, that's almost too. No, maybe amateur. I mean, you want. Um, you you want to make money out of at the, at the end of the day. I mean, UEFA would wouldn't have given this to TikTok for free. TikTok were still the sponsor. They're still investing in investing the euros as a platform. They got a fantastic deal out of it. Um, but there was still there was still a at the end of the day a, a commercial transaction. TikTok saw how they could benefit from it, and UEFA saw how they could benefit from it as well. Yeah, that was so that was quite exciting. I think in terms of what fan bases were doing with the the content and what they were able to do with the content. I mean, even I want to kind of, my... Go on. No, go for it, go for it, go for it. I was going to say, I want to kind of reel us in a little bit because we've kind of jumped ahead and we're talking about the Euros. We've been quite off on a tangent there almost. Um, TikTok, for me, up until, probably up until this summer with the Euros, was this kind of platform where teenage girls upload these dance videos and not a lot else. And then obviously it got banned in the US and that parents all of a sudden became worried about what their teenage daughters were uploading to TikTok. And there was this kind of whole like controversy around the platform and what it was being used for. And and for me, that's kind of stuck with me. And uh, you know, before we started recording, we, we kind of asked each other, you got TikTok. And I downloaded TikTok uh, and deleted it again, probably two or three times. So, you know, I downloaded it for work and then I was like, I don't want this on my phone anymore. And then I had to download it again for work. And, and it, you know, it's one of those things that, I, I don't know, it, 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 it seems still to be a controversial platform. Um, I think, was it back in October last year, there was a whole bunch of users got deleted from it for not having appropriate content on the platform, for example. So TikTok is, is working really hard to regain its image in this sense. Yeah, I mean, again, we've using the, the two of us as as an example. Um, and we're yeah, probably not a good sample either because, no, 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 you know, no. we're, we're both white males of a similar age. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah but no, you're right. We, we, we maybe wouldn't have been TikTok's target before um, because, yeah, I I think I've maybe even said uh, as an example, maybe, maybe speaking about TikTok with friends, perhaps a year or so ago, like you say, and I said, I'm not a teenage girl. I, I, I don't use it, but that is, um, yeah, but that's certainly by sponsoring or getting involved in in football sponsorships. I mean, I it certainly means I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying no teenage girls watch the Euro, but again, they're not the stereotypical target market of the Euro. So that's certainly what TikTok are doing. Um, yes, yeah, because TikTok, at the end of the day, it is maybe I didn't appreciate this 
a year or so ago or a few months ago it's an entertainment platform first it's not just a social media where you post photos of yourself to get your for your your friends to see it is all about the creativity and and creating new content yeah and i think that's become ever more clear i mean there's certainly like subcultures appearing in there now um and my sister in law for example is a big fan of like the coffee channels that are on there they're all these kind of different there's like this big coffee making culture if you like on tiktok and and there's a lot of recipes and you know and and they are venturing as we've we've made very clear into the world of sport that's obviously what we're going to talk about we're going to get there (laughs) (laughs) and and we're going to talk about something pretty big that they're doing in women's sport but it's also worth noting that tiktok overtook youtube in terms of watch hours Uh, i think it was was it this month or or, well they've been on the edge of competing for a while um i'm trying to i'm scanning through this article i've got in front of me now yeah uh, but yeah, no, you're, so, right, you're right. I mean, it's, it's it's what just again back to what we were just saying. It is it's an entertainment platform. People are there to to watch videos. I mean, I people aren't going to be scrolling through fe- their Facebook or Twitter feed more than they're watching videos. But because TikTok it's it's a mixture of the two. It does have a feed you can skip or you can like and you can comment. But ultimately, it is an entertainment platform first. Yeah, and it is up there competing with with YouTube. Um, on Android, it's estimated that uh, they're, they're basically, per user, 10 hours more video being consumed a month on TikTok oh, well, than on okay. YouTube. TikTok's up there with the, around 26 hours a month, whereas it's about 16 on YouTube now. I think YouTube's probably seen a bit of a decline in the past couple of years. They've they tried to learn, launch various uh, subscription packages and things, which I know kind of bugged a lot of, of YouTube fans. Um, but yeah, TikTok has really very quickly climbed up to this this level where they're competing with giants like YouTube. I mean, so. 26 hours a month. So, I mean, that's competing with Netflix. That's um, because if that's if the, yeah, that's the average, and then there are going to be some people who are watching yeah, 40, 50 hours a, a month, and then that's several movies worth of of, 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 of watching time. So... I mean, yeah, there certainly is. I hadn't thought no, of it that way. That's, that's, that's yeah. you know, and you compare kind of Netflix, YouTube and, and TikTok and you think, wow, this, this, you know, platform like TikTok really is competing with, mm-hmm. with, with on-demand platforms that primarily are, are for watching TV, you know, whereas TikTok yeah. is, okay, there are professional platforms on there, but I can't imagine that all 26 hours over a month are, are purely this kind of like professionally produced video. No, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a, a complete mix because, Again, with your example, it's more and more of um, official content that's finding its way onto onto TikTok. Uh, but there's also, see, I'm sure you could go from watching maybe a, a longer video on TikTok, professionally pr- produced, and then straight to, yeah, straight to y- your friend, yeah, dancing around in the living room, which is those traditional TikTok videos we were yeah. we were speaking about that wouldn't interest us. But there's still plenty on TikTok there's that clearly that, that, that a market. Would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things I loved about YouTube when when that kind of first had this this peak of creators uploading stuff and you, you could get these kind of the two ends of the spectrum, like you say, you know, the, the real professionals and then kind of your friends yeah. that are recreating Star Wars scenes in the garage or something. Like, I was a big fan of that and, and I still yeah. Nice. Yeah. So talking then about TikTok, let's bring it back around to sport. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about professional content uh, that's being uploaded on there. Um They've signed a big deal with uh, Burnley Football Club, or more specifically, Burnley Women's Football Club, um, and it's quite innovative, quite groundbreaking what they're doing. Yeah, no. Um, so we said in in the 
in the intro. Um, did I say in the intro? Or was that on the rehearsal intro? But either way, we, we, we're going to come to uh, the women's super league, the women's super leagues, the women's first division in the UK being shown on on BBC. But again, what what this Burnley FC women sponsorship deal is is that all home games for uh, Burnley women are being broadcast on on TikTok. So Burnley's game against Nottingham Forest this is my every every week Nottingham <laughs> Forest mentioned but it is at least relevant this time uh, <laughs> it's a Burnley women against Forest women from a couple of weeks ago it was actually broadcast on TikTok it was the first live football match to be broadcast on, on, on the platform in the whole UK so I mean I, I've got the numbers up on on the screen here I mean, so they got um, 113,000 unique viewers, um, which became then 130,000 total views. And Burnley's channel gained 6,000 additional followers during during that game. Um, yeah, I mean, to put it into into context, remember, this is a third division women's football. Um, if you think about third division men's football, League One, I mean, they are very rarely on TV, actually. Uh, so the fact that um, the a- average viewership for BBC Red Button for the Women's Super League last year was 285,000 on a BBC platform for the top league. So to get yeah. just under half of that for this TikTok broadcast is pretty, pretty, pretty good going. Yeah, I was going to kind of actually compare that. The, the, uh, the women's football is getting harder and harder to dismiss. And for a long time, it was completely overlooked. And it gained a big track, you know, gained audiences in the US and, and they had mm-hmm. success with their international team and in, in the Olympics and things. And it's now seems to be reaching the UK and Europe. And and that, I think, was punctuated by the match last weekend between Everton and Manchester City. Um, Manchester City did get quite a long way in the, the Champions League mm-hmm. last season. So they are a European, you know, competitive team. Uh, they signed a Barca player whose name is escaping naming now, Vicky Lozada. Yes. Um, who is one of the like the, the top women's players in the world. Um, they drew an audience on, on BBC, so on, on BBC One, so terrestrial TV, regular traditional broadcasting, 800,000 fans, which set a new record for the Women's Super League. But then you compare that with Burnley and TikTok, and it's kind of like, well, you know, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, so let, let's just, um use a very very rough calculation so if um so in the the pandemic when uh they gave bbc one a few live men's premier league games which again they hadn't had before i think it was man city southampton was in that first batch of games they showed and that maybe got i think it was six million i seem to think so six million terrestrial viewers for a men's a men's first division game but a men's third division game won't wouldn't get two million fans so the gap between women's third and women's first division was proportionately smaller which just shows that the uniqueness of putting on tiktok putting something different out there and the uniqueness of that broadcast which means that yeah we we really gotta say how impressive their numbers were for for tiktok and burnley women yeah absolutely and and uh, again just to put it into an even greater perspective sky sports they had manchester united versus reading so again, traditional TV, they they reached a peak audience of three hundred eleven thousand, and again, these are the big, you know, the big clubs in in women's football in the UK. So, you know, I think it's a credit to Burnley and TikTok with this this move that they've made to bring women's football to a bigger audience. Yeah, I mean and, that Man United broadcast you mentioned that got the full 
giant iPad treatment. So that was the full professional sky coverage, which again, it's great for women's football to be afforded that, that airtime, that, that amount of discussion. Um, so yeah, 311,000, that's impressive numbers. That's going to be a, a, a lesser men's Premier League game. which certainly wouldn't get much more than that. So again, for women's third division, Burnley against Forest, to get yeah. close to Sky Sports numbers is is, is, is really impressive. Um, I mean, it's free. That's one thing. Obviously, it's not behind the paywall like like the Sky broadcast was. But it's still, you've got to seek it out. If we were saying earlier, we aren't regular TikTok users. So for, for them to be that many regular TikTok users tuning in anyway, it is, it is pretty cool. Yeah. And, and like you say, it is something you have to almost more actively seek out. Uh, you know, you could be, you could stick TV on, and you could fall across uh, the the Man City match, the women's Man City match, on BBC One, and you're like, ah, you know what? I mean, I could watch some football, you know, and, and so you stop flicking. But I, I, I don't know, and I doubt that it's that likely that you'd stumble across the live stream of uh, Burnley versus Forest on TikTok. No, I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, you said to back back to those those figures, so. I think, I mean, we 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 need to need to tune in next time for for, for the next game because I, I'm not sure exactly how it works. But when when I've used TikTok before, you do um, get get recommended suggestions. So maybe sure. um, the, the TikTok algorithms were hard at work. So maybe those with an interest in, in in football or maybe some of the players involved were directed to it. But you're right, there would have been this is the gained six thousand followers on on the Burnley channel during the game. Maybe that did include some fans of Burnley women football who wouldn't otherwise be TikTok users to join. And then, yeah, it got the traditional TikTokers. So something different because it's it's the first ever live football match on TikTok in the UK. It is for those people spending 16 hours a month, 24 hours a month, did we say, on, on TikTok. Yeah, live, live football. 20, that's 26. cool. Yeah, 26. that's cool. I, I've not seen that on, on my TikTok before. So yeah. It could appeal appeal to both but both sides, the regular TikTokers and the regular football fans. Absolutely. I just I just wanted to put into a bit more sort of looking at um, TikTok accounts in the UK. Mm-hmm. Burnley official account uh, is 119.4 thousand followers. Now it's it's a decent amount, but it's nothing spectacular, you know, yeah. for for an account that's drawing that much attention. Um, Burnley FC women on Twitter, for example, they've got 6,000 followers. And again, you know, it's not a bad amount, but it's it doesn't compare to to the bigger clubs and stuff. And I was just looking at sort of the top 10 UK TikTok accounts. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, a lot of them are um, the kind of traditional TikTok, what, what, what you and I would probably have imagined when we think of TikTok last year. Yeah. Um, you know, Kyle Thomas, Abby Roberts. Mm-hmm. And that we're talking millions. We're talking 29.2 million, 16.6 million. Uh, so I think for Burnley, women's football, you know, everything that we're kind of saying about to attract the audience they attracted, I think I think is is very impressive. Yeah. I mean, that also goes to women's football in, in general. I mean, throughout the years, there's always been suggestions of how, let's, how can we make women's football different? Let's make the game shorter. Let's make the kits different. Let's... Um, make it nine aside or well, what's been proven is women's football it should be football it's 11 v 11 90 minute matches but that doesn't mean that away from the game you, you can't do different so so maybe um yeah you said burnley women have six thousand twitter followers i would guess burnley men have many more but maybe burnley's tiktok account will be 
purely focusing more and more on the women's team. So uh, mm. TikTok will become to seen as, yeah, it's the place to get, to get your Burnley women news. So different social medias, different entertainment platforms, they are used for different things. And yeah, m- m- maybe for, for Burnley, they find that their women's content get, gets the best. Yeah, and it's, what's, what, what's nice as well is it's not just the Burnley team that are going to get this visibility. It's the other teams in their division that are going to mm-hmm. get this, this visibility that they probably wouldn't have got before. And that's going to give them opportunities for better sponsorships, for more right. in, investment in these these lower league teams. Uh, and that's going to boost the women's side of the sport on the whole. Yeah, no, completely. Because um, we mean women's football is getting broadcast more and more, even on BT Sport in the UK. You can watch the French and the Spanish top divisions. Yeah. Champions League, we're going to come to. But yeah, for if, if anybody would have told you, yeah, one or two years ago, women's third division football will be broadcast on a cutting edge platform, no one would, would, would believe you. Yeah, so it's, no, absolutely. It's really, I mean, really great to see that that was what was chosen to be the very first game broadcast live on TikTok. I mean, it's it's probably worth remembering that it wasn't that long ago when women were banned from playing football. You know, no, completely. Uh, it was, um, you're right, it was... Was it, was it around the, the the end of the First World War, I think? That was when the, the bans started because, yeah, the women had taken over the men's jobs, the men's jobs domestically. They were working in the factories. They were yeah. playing the football. And, yeah, they were banned even from stadiums for a time. They couldn't even go and watch the men. And then they couldn't yeah, play at all. Like, I think you, if, if a women's team would try to hi- hire out a pitch, not even a, a stadium, like a, a local recreation ground to play a game, they just wouldn't be allowed. So the fact that it's come from being completely banned to getting more and more equal, more and more investment, more and more viewers each year is, is, is really, really impressive. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. And it's, <laughs> you know, it looks like the Women's Super League is set to break further records as the season goes on and have a, a record-breaking season. And I, I hope that's the start of uh, a decade of women's football domination or, you know, at least finding that that equilibrium and trying to, pull level with with the audiences that men's football attracts and i hope the sponsors see that as well and we can start to see a bit more balance as well in the in the salaries and in the 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 compensation that women's footballers are getting yeah i mean you look at the um reese james and chelsea and his i'm not sure if it's his twin or his just sister but lauren james who joined from united women to chelsea women i mean they are they are both Chelsea footballers. So in, in any other industry, if they were both police officers, the salary would be, would be the same. They're both Chelsea first team footballers. Their salaries aren't going to be the same. So you just want the yeah, that, that pay gap to, you, you don't want the men to take a pay cut. We aren't saying that's not the way for equal pay. Equal pay. It's, it's getting the women's salary higher is, um, is what, what they is what will be seen as success because football is a business there's so much money in it so distributing that money more more evenly in terms of the broadcasting like sky maybe rather than spending x amount on men's football they spend slightly less on men's and more on women's just to balance balance the field that way without turning into either or yeah and it doesn't have to be a zero-sum game in that sense and and i think this uh increased visibility and it is, it's only going to be exponential, especially as they're seeking out new platforms and new ways of getting this exposure. So, does it, you know, TikTok's a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just going to give more and more sponsorship opportunities to these teams and, and you know, create 
better uh, turnover within the teams and and mm-hmm. and give better salaries to the players. Yep. Maybe we'll use this opportunity then to kind of seg into the the second half, if you like, of of this episode. Um, we've talked about Burnley and and TikTok, and we've talked about the Women's Super League in the UK. Obviously, there's a big platform for well international football. Over the summer, we saw the Women's International Champions Cup, which was yep. mm-hmm. uh, Barca came third because I covered it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was an American team, Portland, I think, won it. Oh, Portland Thorns, I think Portland no. Thorns. That's right. Who beat who beat Leon? Okay. Uh, yeah, they beat Leon in the final. Leon are a long to long time rival of Barca, um, and and mm-hmm. in, in the Champions League. Uh, but obviously that that's a UEFA run event, and UEFA of course run the Champions League as well. Biggest European football competition, uh, arguably one of the biggest com- football competitions in the world, both on the men's and women's platforms. Aside from probably the the international competitions themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the. The TV deal. We just said the we went to touch on Dazone at the start of the start of the call, but to Dazone or they're doing again something slightly different with their purchase of the the women's football rights. Yeah, so it's maybe like I tried to do with TikTok before we got too far into it. Dazone's a, a fairly recent platform. Mm-hmm. I became aware of it maybe in 2018 when it arrived in Spain, and they the big news here was that they got the rights to MotoGP which is oh, cool. uh, the motorbike equivalent of Formula One. And it's a big deal here in, in Spain. It's a very, very big uh, sport because, well, the, the I think the last, I want to say, 10 years of MotoGP champions have been Spanish. Jorge really? Lorenzo, Mark Marquez, yeah. uh, Joan Mir last year, they've all been, they're all Spanish riders. Um, and so the zone got the the exclusive rights from that. And that was a big deal because they, they won them off Movie Star, who are very, very big. Uh, they're the equivalent of the sort of like Sky Sports or yeah, BT Sports. Big multimedia company, phone, internet, yeah. I assume, TV, and everything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that caused a big problem because a lot of people bought the Movie Star TV package and they knew that on Sunday at midday would the MotoGP races would be on. And then suddenly they had to. A lot of people that had never used streaming before suddenly had to learn how. You know, they were like, oh, "I've got to get the zone." And it's a month you pay monthly, and it, you have to choose what you watch and when. And it, it's a you know it's it's like a sports version of Netflix, if you like. And there's a learning curve that comes with that for people that are not used to streaming. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's interesting. Would um, because by getting a such an established fan base, it's not as if um, I think MotoGP it's the number one racing on bikes it's not as if i mean football is maybe more fragmented like if dazone buys one or two leagues but not all of them you'd be less likely to, to subscribe but by investing i think they launched in the uk with boxing they've almost the complete yeah. home of boxing now so if you're a boxing fan you'll get dazone in spain if you're a boats bikes fan you'll, you'll get to, yeah absolutely yeah and that and that like you said that's the way they've done it they've kind of they've picked one niche in each sort yeah. of region and they, they've dominated it almost and and they've grown pretty consistently. I, I couldn't tell you when DAZN launched, but my they first appeared on my radar in, in 2018. And 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 now they seem to be pretty pervasive mm-hmm. to the point that they are the title sponsors of the UEFA Women's Champions League. Mm-hmm. And they've come up with quite a, well, I think it's quite a cool deal in terms of getting exposure for the sport, as we've said, 
but also kind of setting themselves up to profit from that exposure um if you like and i, I don't mm. mean that often when you talk about you know companies profiting or, or from something it, it, it has a negative connotation and i don't mean that at all because uh, at the end of the day these these companies make their money from broadcasting sports and and what they've got actually is is very kind of almost contrary because they're going to give a lot of it away okay. and they've come up with like a shared deal with youtube and okay, so, so that the, will be um so it will be on the zone to set up a youtube channel just like we've done to, to show their, their absolutely rights. so they have the the zone ua for women's champions league channel it's mm-hmm. like a um a verified channel it's got the little tick yep. and they're using that that's my little boy <laughs> shouting okay <laughs> um they're what they're doing is on that channel is that for the next two seasons they're going to be able to they're streaming live and on demand all 61 matches from the group stage onwards and and the whole format of the women's champions league is this is this season's the first season with a group stage mm-hmm. um it's it's changed quite drastically um in the past year and they're going to be broadcasting it live around the world absolutely free on youtube and then you can watch it later on demand as well should you want to okay so that's, again that's um yes it's, it's impressive in so many levels again back to the women's football that we've been speaking about earlier to the fact that they see women's football as a valuable enough content is, is a lost leader to their own so people will become more familiar with their own brand they'll presumably advertise their other rights in in, in half time but to pick it was something they thought nobody would watch then what would be the point in using it as their advertising channel so they're obviously seeing that, that value in this new women's champions league the first year with the group stage as being the way of driving driving subscriptions well absolutely and, and they're creating fidelity to to their brand because you know, let's be honest, in, in, in the top European teams are going to end up facing off in the Champions League down the line. And so you get, I don't know, Manchester City and, and Bayern Munich or Lyon or, or Barca and, or Chelsea, you know, these big teams uh, facing off in this European competition. People are going to think, doesn't, you know, they, yep. they're, they're going to, mm. they've created that. So that's what they're doing for the first two seasons. And then beyond that, they've got two more seasons. So there were 23, 24, 24, 25 seasons. Mm-hmm. Um they're going to be showing all 61 matches on DAZN. And then 19 of those matches will be free to view on the YouTube channel. Okay, okay. So again, so it's a couple of years of generating the interest, generating uh, the um, the buzz around the, the women's game. And then for years three and four of this deal, yeah, you can still it's see been, some on YouTube, but, but you're going to have to come to our platform. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, it is one of the, the largest deals in women's football, club football history. And yeah, like you say, it, it shows that brands are starting to look to this as another form of revenue. Uh, and understandably, you know, the, these broadcasters, um, they're looking for extra revenue where they can. You know, we've all suffered uh, the pandemic the last 18 months and, and uh, certainly UEFA and, you know, the, these really typical rights holders and broadcasters are suddenly having to find, you know, ways of competing with the likes of tiktok and and burnley <laughs> yeah um no so, you're right i mean it's we 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 laugh but yeah um burnley are they're they're there first um people are you want to watch a live women's football game streaming burnley women are there first so you're right it does own the good thing about about women's football is that nothing's been 
that you still it can still be molded in however way broadcasters and, and sponsors want. So does own if if the women's Champions League gets as big as the men's Champions League, people always think of it as a does own property. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie caught up with Amy von Arend, who is a women's football commentator and producer for UEFA, so we could get further an inside look into how women's football is beginning to grow. So, hi, Amy. Thanks for joining us. Do you want to quickly uh, introduce yourself and explain what it is you do? Yes. Hi, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Well, my name is Amy von Arend, and I'm a journalist. And right now, well, I'm commentating the women's game and and so on. And... So we've been talking about the agreements between Burnley and TikTok to stream their matches and then the deal with DAZN, UEFA and YouTube to stream the Women's Champions League uh, live around the world for free. Um, so this is a big a big deal for women's football in terms of exposure. It's, it's groundbreaking, to be honest. It's so important um, for a team like Burnley. Um, they're not even in second division, so it's, it's massive them and i'm sure it's going to increase the exposure but as well obviously the revenues the money and it's and it's a cycle so more money more investment you have uh, more opportunities so it's 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 so important and obviously for the women's champions league the zone that's that's unbelievable and it's uh, it's a problem media coverage for the women's sport not you know especially in spain I mean, there's some top teams like Atletico Madrid. You weren't able to see some of their games, you know. Um, and this is a team that is one of the best in Europe. Um, obviously, Barca, well, they have their own platform, so they stream all of those. But but at the same time, I mean, there's some top teams. Real Madrid as well do their, their own coverage. But it has to be better. It has to be better if we want to, well, um, increase the sport and get, and get more attention to it. But... Definitely, what Dazone have done—it's—it's um, groundbreaking. It's a game changer for for women's football because now, for the first time, it's got, everything is going to be covered. Well, until now, it was some games here, some games now. So it's important for little girls and little boys to put the TV on and be able to to see women's football live. Because I mean, lots of the footballers now, the women's footballers, when you tell them who was your idol when you were younger, they all say men. Because they and they say we, I didn't know women's football existed. I didn't know it was a thing. So it's important that the little girls and little boys know that it does exist, and and you can become a footballer. Uh, if we talk about I don't know Man City and, and Everton, women's matches broke records last weekend on on BBC with the Women's Super League. Um, but those viewing figures are comparable to the Burnley Nottingham Forest match that was streamed on TikTok. And like you say, they're you know they're not even Division Two. So do you think this is a way now then for emerging teams and emerging sports and emerging competitions to get more exposure that they wouldn't have otherwise? Definitely. It has to be, it has to be easy for, um, for a fan to watch a game. Whenever you make it difficult for them, so you have to go into this link and then something, blah, 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 then, then people don't, don't watch it. So, I mean, YouTube, everyone knows YouTube. It's easy access. So, um, and, and as well, the cost of, YouTube and these platforms is is very small for them. Well, you know, it's uh, to do a TV broadcast production is a lot more expensive. So it has to be easy, and right now it has to be cheap for these platforms to want to do it. You know, um, because right now it's true that the women's game it's 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 
you know, it's a boosting now, but it doesn't bring obviously the revenue that the men's does. It has to be for the the fans. It has to be easy to watch. So platforms like YouTube, TikTok, and as well for for the young generation. Um, you know, my mom probably doesn't know what TikTok is, but for us young younger generation, it it is. But it's just easy with your phone. You know, you don't you don't need a TV. You don't need, and you can watch it anywhere. You know, you can be on the train and just pop your tablet, your phone out and watch it. It has to be accessible for the fans because when you have to stream a link and then go here and then go that and pay, well, you know, it's, it's, it won't go anywhere. And as well, for these platforms, it's cheap because putting it in a TV bro- uh, broadcast production is a lot more costly. So it has to be for these companies as well. Um, as the women's game isn't bringing a lot of revenue right now, it, ha- it can't cost them much money. Um, and I think for YouTube, TikTok and all that, um, it's going to be a, a basic production, but um, it's better than nothing, definitely. Do you think it's a win, 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 win then? It's a win for the teams, a win for the competition, uh, a win for the platform and a win for the fans? 100%, 100%. When when women's footballers ask for equality, they're not expecting to earn the same as the men when they when they talk about equality they're talking about having the same conditions the same facilities um you know there's a lot of first division teams in spain that play on turf uh, artificial turf so it, it's having all these conditions so well it, it's all a cycle if you have better conditions you'll have better players if you have better players you'll have better games if you have better games you'll have more people interested in it if you have more people interested in it it's going to be more money so it's it's, it's a cycle well it's, it's this i mean it's they're not they're not hoping to earn what messi earns you know they know that the women's game doesn't bring as much money as the men but what they're asking for is is this the same facilities and for example teams like barca manchester city real madrid you know these top teams have invested a lot in in having good gyms and everything and they share it with the men's and that's very important when you make the distinction of okay the men's gym is this one the women's gym is this one it it it's it's not going to be the same machines the same everything so um so yeah i think it's important to to make it all equal so the women's game can can grow because i mean we saw it for the during the lockdown i mean for example there, there was an arsenal player um, she was injured and she asked for her club for um, a bike and, and they said they've all gone to the men and she was like, well, I need, I need to, to recover. So in the end, she put on Instagram a post saying, anyone has a bike I could use? And, you know, it's, she's a professional player, both for England and Arsenal. And she's asking on Instagram if anyone can lend her bike, you know. And we have the case now of Rayo Vallecano. All the players have been have been um, doing all the preseason without even contracts. You know, it's, it's it's all these things that it's really difficult enough. So, um, you know, and we're talking about Rayo Vallecano, that right now they're not in a good position, but until now they were playing Champions League. They were one of the top teams in in Spain. So, um, so yeah, basically. So to, to contrast that then, you know, like you're saying, you're talking about one of the top teams in Spain and then contrasting that to Burnley, who are, you know, they're a third division uh, team in England. Um, that kind of step then for them to go on to TikTok, 
could bring them in more sponsors and they can start doing these uh, you know in in air quotes basic things such as providing their teams with the basic facilities uh the same conditions as the men's team you know all these kind of things that, that you would expect as a professional football player exactly 100 percent. and um i think england in that sense are have moved forward a lot faster than for example spain with the broadcasting i mean you can't so in england what they have the wsl they have a platform called the fa player and they stream all the games and lots of the second division one as well. So it's as well an app, easy access, free for everyone. And and for the first time, I believe that Sky, well Sky uh, Sports and also BBC have got an agreement to broadcast WSL games. Yep. So the other, well, last weekend for the first time, a women's game was put in the in the principal Sky channel. So, you know, you would put Sky on and the first thing you saw was a, a women's game. So, you know, someone who's just um, here in the afternoon, not too sure what I, you know, what I want to do. I'll just put it on and you see women's game. And, and they, you know, the level of the women's game is, is increasing so much. You see, you see this team play and it, it's unbelievable. So, um, but that comes with having your coaches, good coaches come if you invest. Um, so, uh, as I was saying before, it's this cycle that if, if you have the good coaches like the men's side have, well, you know the, the players will improve. If a team invests in the in a in the women's game, right now, probably is the revenue won't be great, but um, in a few years it will be. And then yeah. I guess you combine that with the zone have, have kind of offered that with with UEFA. They've committed to four years. Uh, allowing them to broadcast it around the world for free. And UEFA have increased the prize money as well in the, the Champions League. Um, so all these things are kind of that, that step forward in that sense. Yes, and to be honest, that's thanks to as well uh, teams like Olympique Lyonnais. They were one of the first teams to really invest in the women's game. Um, and therefore, like the level was, was unmatched. The seven times Champions League winner, they won the last five consecutively. So, what was the problem? It was a bit boring. Why? Because Lyon invested. So, is Lyon the problem or is the other team the problem? You know, the same here happens in Spain for Barca. For Barca, you know, they just walked all over the league last season. Oh, how boring. Well, you know, it's not Barca's problem for investing yeah. in, in the women's team. So, yes, they're going to get talents from abroad and, and homegrown talents as well because they always say, you know, they, they, they sign the best players out there. Is that a problem? Yeah. I mean, they are investing and... <laughs> in the team. Exactly. They are investing in the team. So, so um, if the prize money is bigger, well, the, the clubs will be able to invest uh, more in the women's side. So, so again, um, and I think credit to ASU, it's, it's to Lyon to stepping the game up and saying the level is here. If you want to match us, you know, put the money. Yeah, they've, they've dragged the, everybody the else with them. And the train. Exactly, exactly. You know, if, if Lyon didn't at the time and they were just a, a normal team, I believe women's football would be, well, it wouldn't be where it is right now. It's great to have another voice in there and, and such a well-informed one. So thank you very much. So I think it's now, now it's time for our... Lesson, lesson two, uh, <laughs> lesson two of 21. So to sum it up a, a lot, a lot simpler this week for me, Jamie, our, our lesson is that women's football and TikTok, they're both here to say, here to stay. That's what makes them ideal partners.
I like that. I like that. And let, you know, here's to TikTok bringing us more domestic women's football competitions. And I think we could probably say similar about YouTube and women's yep. football in the zone. And they, you know, they really seem to, as we've said, they putting their stamp on women's yep. football and and the zone saying, hey, women's football. That's us. We're the people to to bring that to you. Right. I think that's a good lesson. I hope you've enjoyed listening. I hope we've not rumbled and gone off on too many tangents. Yeah, thanks for listening. That's, that's all from me for, for lesson two. Like yeah. and subscribe. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.